Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. What I um, would love to preach on this morning for the benefit of the podcast listeners, give it up for the podcast listeners this morning. And uh, people are listening to the messages. Isn't technology wonderful? They're listening to the messages in Italy, uh, Barcelona, America, England, and uh, Pacific Islands, and uh, Australia too. And we just love it. We just love. uh, And uh, Darwin. We give it up for Darwin this morning. We've got some Darwin listeners. And they're always accessing our podcasts, and um, they're precious, and uh, we love them, and uh, they're awesome. One of the key, um, this, this message is so profound that we really need to get a handle of the fact that God is good, that God does truly want to bless you um, in extraordinary, most generous ways, and um, you know, God is a judge, you know, but he, and he's not a sugar daddy. He's not going to give you everything you want, but God is a good God at the end of the day. And that would be challenged in our life when things, uh, when we're on struggle street, when God doesn't answer our prayers, when things happen to innocent people, babies, and planes fall out of the sky, and stuff happens, tsunamis, and and the, the, the whole reality of is God good would be threatened, I guess. Have you, ever been, have you ever been challenged like that, maybe? Last week, I went to preach this message, and I, and I couldn't. I, 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 I had to defrag myself and in the sense of, before I even spoke about the theology of the goodness of God, I felt like after five years of getting ourselves into this building, securing the land, and uh, getting ourselves into this building, which was a Herculean, monumental effort from just few people to raise the finances. Uh, With ridiculous faith, we launched out, out of two school halls, the Cutler Drive uh, Public School and then the Wyong High School, we crossed the river and uh, we did church in a tent for five years. And that was a story in itself. We got out of the tent, supernaturally, we launched out again, and um, we got ourselves into this first stage of a thousand-seater auditorium. Uh, This building represents a far bigger uh, vision uh, of a church that can secure uh, the days when people are going to, Aussies especially, going to come into God's kingdom and in, into God like we've never seen before. Last day's revival, the prophets are saying one billion souls are going to be saved in the last days. One billion. And already it's beginning to happen. The church has never seen uh, the growth that we've seen uh, with young people, young families even parents bringing their children. Well done, Ollie. You're doing a fantastic job, buddy. I love that title. How's your dirt? 
He's reaching out to the junior youth. So I'm guessing like 12, 13, 14-year-olds, and you're reaching out, you're going to Bible college, and you run that on Friday afternoon before the senior, before Ollie's and Garth's, uh, the, the uh, pastor, but Ollie's running that. And, uh, but you are, and you know, like 10, 15, 20 kids at times, I mean, but I love that title, How's Your Dirt? Uh, the parable of the sower, depending on the seed of the Word of God and how is your dirt, it will take effect. I love that. And um, yeah, let's give it up for those guys. They're doing such a good job. Such a good job. Um, and so I, last week I said and I conceded, God, you're good. Wow. We were strung out. We were totally out the back door financially with the budgeting of the church. We've been living in the paddock, um, not being able to move much. Uh, and, but one of our faithful members bequeathed his whole house to the church and uh, as of not next week, but apparently the week after, uh, some of those monies will begin to flow into the church and, uh, and that will get us out of a lot of hot water and allow us to budget the church properly and uh, give more to missions and give more to worthy causes and again, begin to try and finish the building and pay staff accordingly and, uh, and so... Uh, we're not supported by the, the government or the Vatican or any other cooperation. We're supported by the people that are sitting here in the church. And, um, and we take their hat off to them and appreciate everyone that's made this house uh, financially viable. We honestly do. And the church has been going 17 years. It's been profound. But uh, it's been a five-year GFC hit. Bang, that knocked us sideways and and knocked us out of the, the ring again. And, uh, and, but we, I think, after five years, we can breathe and say, God is good. Can I put up the scripture in Psalm 27? Can I start off with Psalm 27? I need to read this in, in, in its entirety, and uh, I'll read it with you. And um, I want to start with this, because this, this psalm really means a lot to me. And uh, God is good. You are so good. But I've got to prove that this morning to you. And I hope I can by starting with this um, psalm. The series and the message is called The Goodness of God. You're doing fine this morning? You're doing great? So here we go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I love that statement. When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh. Now, when it goes into this, just think of normal life because we don't have people coming at you with swords and stuff anymore, although that can happen. But this is about when life comes at you, when life comes, when doors shut, when opportunity evaporates, when sickness knocks on you know, your life, when, when stuff happens, when Hiccups happen when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh. When my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Wow, confidence. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You like that? 
to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Powerful scripture. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord, which we've done this morning. Hear my voice when I call. O oh Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord. I will see how it's personable. Seeking the Lord and being a Christian is personable. Seeking your face, wanting to be in your presence. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O oh God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O oh Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. This is David, by the way. David, who's really trying to fight his way into his calling, and, and he's being opposed by physical enemies. But he says this in 13, and I love this, and this is the scripture that is potent. He says, and I actually remember when this... Uh, Scripture was used in a sermon, Rodney Howard Brown, in 2005 at C3 at the Brookvale Warehouse. And it was amazing. It's still in me. That see, when the soil is good, the seed goes in, the scripture goes in, you don't forget it. It gives life and it bears fruit. Uh, and I love this. I am still confident of this. I will see. So although he's been hemmed in on every side, although he's been hammered and, and stuff is happening to you and I, he says this, David, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Although our loved ones are languishing in sickness, although our friends, some of them are going broke, although stuff is happening to the people around us, and although stuff happened to us, we at the end of the day held our line and said, God, you are good. You're going to break in on this situation. And that is amazing. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, that's, that's church right there. Okay? So you've been beat up by life, you got yourself to church, and you're saying, you still haven't denied Christ, but I am still confident of this. I actually see people in church like this. They're so beat up. They're trying to get a house. They're trying to get a healing. They're trying to get their destiny back, their calling back, their praise back, their love back, and they come in. But I'm still confident of this. I will not deny my God in His goodness. And then when you come into church, you got all these great people around you encouraging you, saying, be confident. Go back to that one. I'm still, yeah, I'm still coming. The next one. Wait for the Lord. Julie's saying, just, just get in the presence, guys. Get in the presence. Wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. That's what church is all about. Wait 
in the Lord. I love that. Um, another, there is another, um, uh, I guess, the standard Bible. It says this in 27.13. We just read it in the NIV. It says, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Basically, I'm going to have faith in God that he's going he's to do what he can do. He's going to break through here. Another version says, I would have despaired, say despaired, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. King James Version says, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Basically, this is about, you know, the whole sentiments of this, this whole psalm is that basically David is saying, although I'm getting hammered on every side, although all this stuff is opposing me, I'm going to believe in my covenant God, my covenant-keeping God. I'm going to believe his favor will break through on my life. I'm going to believe he will push back my enemies. I'm going to believe that God will deliver me and vanquish my foes. He will vindicate me. It's really about faith in the goodness of God that he will meet your every need in his time and he can in his way, (laughs) absolutely. I am still confident. What's that mean? I am still faithful, faithful. I am still rock solid in believing that Christ can deliver me, that Christ can do what he said he can do. I am, although if I didn't, if I wasn't, I might despair, I might faint, I might shrink back, but I'm going to hold the line. I am going to believe in my covenant keeping God. I love this. Um, I found this was similar with Job in 1925. I don't know if the guys have got this. I've added this little bit extra. What's, what's, the, what's the, the grounding for his confidence? Uh, we need to tease that out. But it's the same as Job 1925 to 27. I know that my, so Job, the story of Job, he's, he's, he's rich, living high on the land, beautiful daughters, and uh, his household, his grandkids, it's all happening. He's got, he's got all this happening. It's the story of Job, and all of a sudden, God needs to allow him to be sifted, uh, to be tested. Satan comes directly at him and just, just really causes havoc. His homes are demolished. His cattle runs away. He's riddled with sores. Uh, in fact, He's just so demoralized, disfigured by the calamity of all that hits him. His wife says, man, you should, you should say to God, forget it. You know, are you still going to believe in God in this situation? You should deny your God. And he doesn't. He more or less says something like this in Job 19.25. I know that my Redeemer lives. I think we're going to need some of this stuff in the last days. I think in the last days, we're going to need some of this grit to believe that God is good. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, He will stand upon the earth. 
and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. He's confident he's going to see God in this situation. I myself will see him with my own eyes and not another. How my heart yearns within me. I love that. He's confident that God will supply his needs. Uh, Christ, the Bible says in Philippians, my God will meet all my needs according to his riches in glory. Do you remember that scripture? I'm confident of that. I don't know, but I used to live with that as just a, wasn't church going as a kid. But for some crazy reason, I just believed, as a kid especially, I might have got knocked around when I was a teenager, but I still come back to this resolve that, you know what, my God's going to get me out of this. I could drive off the bridge into the deep water and I'm looking around, the fish are around me, and I'm thinking, it's cool. My God's going to get me out of this. Who's a bit like that? I, I could be stone broke, busted, broke. It's cool. God's going to put food on the, on the table. It, it's, a, it's a resolution of believing. You're not going to start crying again, Katrina, are you? Because <laughs> she knows all the story. She knows where I'm preaching from. Uh, that's okay. You can cry. And um, I just know my God's going to build this house, build this church. I just know that we're going to beat Coast Life in soccer 7-0. <laughs> I just know that Andrew's going to sell pharmacy after pharmacy. Even next week, there's something happening in your brokering world in business. I just know our babies are going to come for those who are wanting babies. Some are laughing. One of our friends is over 40. She's having a, a baby. Peter, Peter, anyway, we won't mention the name. But yeah, yeah she's mid-40s. She's having a baby. Awesome. She must have got caught in the crossfire. Some blessing from the pastor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there he goes. Oh, not her. No, the other one. Oh, too late. She's got it. Somehow David tells us through this psalm, I'm just confident, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting hammered on every side, but I am confident my God is good and he's going to deliver me. He's going to do this. He is a covenant-keeping God. Ephesians 1.18 says, and this is where we need to understand that, uh, I, and it is about seeing, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I tell you what, when you lose your spiritual eyes in seeing God, you are dismayed. You're not confident. Oh my God. I just, you're just perceiving everything in the natural. You're perceiving everything by your five senses. It ain't gonna work for a born-again, spirit-filled Christian to just only appropriate your confidence by what you see and what you feel by your logic and reason. His ways are higher. His thoughts are not your thoughts, it says in Isaiah chapter 55. His thoughts are higher. His ways are not your ways. He can break through. He can make stuff happen. You gotta trust him. You gotta have confidence. What's confidence? Faith in God that he can do what he said he can do. And this is 
This is what this scripture is talking about. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Jeremiah 32, 40, I love this scripture. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. A covenant is a strong thing. It cannot be broken. It's a contract. It's, a, it's, it's bound by the blood of Christ, the new covenant, the new testament. That love towards you and I by the Father through Christ through the cross, it is, it cannot, man, it cannot be thwarted. It is constantly working towards you. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me, so that they will never turn away from me. 41, I will rejoice in doing them good, and will assuredly plant them in this land with my heart and soul. Who loves that? Amen? Love this stuff. Uh, let's just go back it up to a couple of other scriptures in Psalm 31, 19. Sorry, guys. Uh, Psalm 31, 19. It's on page eight. Thanks. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. How abundant is this? Well, I need to try and explain that in a moment. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called, are called according to his purposes. Um, Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I love this scripture. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Who loves that? When um, Moses asked to experience God, to experience God's glory, um, and we've mentioned this previous, God says, yeah, I can do that. And so Exodus 34 verse 6 says, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. There is another version of abounding in love and faithfulness, and it is this, abundant in goodness and truth, which is the point I'm trying to make here. So he says, yeah, I can show you my glory. I'm going to let my presence pass you by. And he says, and he reveals himself to Moses in these ways. Compassionate, gracious, patience, kindness, faithfulness, but it really is about the goodness of God. It's about all, all those things, the mercy, the grace, the patience, the kindness, the faithfulness, all that explains God's greatness of his love towards us. God's goodness is towards us. God's goodness is profound. God's goodness is something that is overarching everything that who God is. Um, they say the goodness of God is a life-transforming truth, that we need to consider it in terms of it 
its effect that it has on our attitude and our actions. That when we understand the goodness of God, that it will and can transform our life and it can have a difference on our attitude to God and our actions in God. Amen? The goodness of God is one aspect of God, but it is, as I said before, it really encompasses everything who God is. The goodness, we used to sing how good God is. Um, back in the 90s in revival meetings, we used to sing God is good all the time. And we used to go, yeah, that's a fair comment. Yeah, God is good all the time. But really, without, without the revelation, I mean, yeah, of course he's good. Well, I hope he's good, but no, he's got to be good. I mean, but no, it's far more profound that, than that. The importance of the goodness of God. The goodness of God is not only an attribute of God, but a foundational truth that we all need, they say. So the goodness of God is mentioned in these scriptures again, Psalm 107. Uh, 107 verse 1, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 31 verse 19, how great is thy goodness. There, there's a scripture. So someone might be looking at me now and saying, well, you're going on about the goodness of God, but how great is the goodness of God? Is it just good? Or is this goodness that really I should be doing cartwheels? that I should be so exuberant, so impassioned by, that I've just met a billionaire and he's given me a billion dollars to give away. How excited would you be? Pretty stoked. Would you just go, oh, I just met this guy down the road. He's just give me a billion dollars. Don't know what for, but I guess I should give it away. You interested? No, man. You'd meet the billionaire. You'd get them a billion dollars. You'd go, oh, oh, go, oh, oh, oh. Let's give this away. Help me give it away. That is, in fact, what helps you testify of who God is. Do you know when you understand who the goodness of God is, you're just totally intoxicated with this joy and this excitement and enthusiasm of who God is. You can tell if you got this stuff because it's all you talk about. You don't default so much to football or other things, though, I won't touch, sacred cows. I shouldn't touch the sacred cows of surfing, football, other things that I won't mention. But it's funny, but when you are revived in the goodness of God, you just, a cup runneth over. You're just going, you know what, man, God, God, God can do this. God is so good. Do you know how God is good this morning? Did you see the sunrise this morning? God is good. Wow, did you, did you, did, yeah, but God spoke to me yesterday, fantastic, God is so good. You know, I didn't know that about God. God, I went to church this morning, C3 Tugra, I didn't know church could be like that. God is so good. Wow, I prayed for someone last week, and you know what, they got that house. God, I'm just so, man, I'm tickled pink. I'm, I'm excited, I'm enthused for my God. You, you, the more you believe in the goodness of God, Man, I was hemmed in on every side. I had the debt collectors calling. I had people knocking on my door. Man, I had stuff talk. I had people talking about me. I had this rumor going out. But you know, God, He caused that stuff to dissipate. God is good. 
That is the enthusiasm that God wants us to have as born-again believers. Every time he doles you out and meets your need, we should, we should be tickled pink. We should be enthused in God. What's enthusiasm mean? It means being possessed by God, filled of God. Look how enthusiastic he is. Really, the meaning of that word is, wow, look how full of God he is. Look how passionate in God he is. This is a good God we serve. I am still confident. Can we just put that one statement up? Because my time is gone and I still didn't get to preach my message. Is that a good start? Can I finish tonight? Tonight I'm going to try and gonna preach another, another segment of it. I can honestly say as your pastor of this church and just as a child of God, my God is so good. I could tell you story after story of how God has turned things around. Tragedies, disappointments, grievances, events. Somehow, He can turn it. There's a version that says, He can turn the cosmos around. He can shift the stars, turn the sun back. He can do that stuff so it turns out for good for you. He loves you, man. He loves each and every one of you. If you hold the line in faith, I am still faith-filled. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love this scripture. Let's all stand. Father, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, in our disappointment, in our grievances, in our second guessing of who you are. And forgive us right now. I wonder if we could just all do that under our breath or however you do it. Forgive us, Lord God, if we put you in a box because of how you've not met our life in certain ways, how you've, you didn't restore that situation as I thought you would, how you didn't recover me as I thought you would. I still have a limp, Lord. I thought after that encounter with you, Lord God, I would be running, not limping, but Lord, I am still confident of this. Lord, I thought this church would be a thousand people by now. Lord, I thought I would have sold and done so much business already. Lord, I thought I'd be in the A-grade team by now. Lord, I thought I thought I'd have restoration with that family member by now. I thought that person was going to be healed, Lord. It's my own mother. But I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Where is the land of the living? It really was where they worship God. Hang out with the people that love God. Come to church with the land of the living. 
you know, when you're out in the world and you're mixing it up with your friends who maybe don't believe, you know, that's fantastic. But you've got to hang out with the people that do believe because it's those people that encourage you. It's those people that give you a sense of confidence that your good God will meet your needs according to His riches in glory. Amen? You need to get along to the house of God. You need to come to the community of God more. Not just a one chance meeting. You need to purpose yourself into God's presence because God needs you. You're a part of the family. You're a part of the body of Christ. And you can be 111. We honored a precious woman, 111 years of age down at the C3 conference at the Entertainment Center, uh, I think two weeks ago. And she was volunteering her life until she was 111. <laughs> she's in the Guinness Book of Records. She was wheeled up to the stage, but uh, she's just lost some her mobility. But man, it's for all ages. And it's your faith that we need. It's your confidence that we need for the church to grow and do what it's called to do. So I just pray for you this morning. I pray for you that your confidence, that your faith would be reinstated to believe in Christ Jesus, to believe in the powering presence of God, to believe in the Father that loves you dearly. Your Father God loves you. Father in heaven right now, let's just lift our hands like this. Our time is gone, but right now there's a moment to just let this message rest in your spirit. Like the Ollie said, the title of his message was, How Good Is Your Dirt? Let this scripture of the word of the seed go deep into the soil of your heart and let it produce a harvest of righteousness. I pray that you would come alive again, that you would blossom and that you would come alive with an excitement of faith and confidence in saying, do you know what? My God is good. Where I live, my God is good. In the land of the living where I live, in the presence of God, my God is good. If you just cross the line, if you come into this place, if you come into this place and allow my God to do what He can do, he will meet your needs. He is a good God. He is a faithful God. He is a righteous God. He is friendly. He is kind. He is a loving God. He is a good God. And when you got that on the inside of you, that's the stuff that you want to be able to speak out and about to your friends and family. So Father, as we stand before you, with eyes closed, I, I really would love Maybe there's someone in the house this morning that needs to cross the line from the land of death into the land of life. We call this, I guess, becoming born again, becoming a Christian. Maybe you've done this years ago, but maybe you need to do it again. Maybe you need to reconsider this again and, and say, God, you know what? I've been living in the land of death. I've been living in the land of doubt. I've been living in the land of unbelief. Lord, I want to cross that line. I want to come into the land of plenty, the land of my best life, the land of the promises, the milk and the I want my best life. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you need to say yes to Jesus this morning.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all our days.